So it's 8 p.m. Wednesday, Eastern Standard Time. This is Saryu. Welcome to Curiouser and Curiouser. This is so exciting. Um, and today we're going to talk about the second part of our TikTok, Talk in the Talk. So it is uh, a show that is going to go deep on the TikTok phenomenon. Um, I'm here with Olivia, our producer. We are going to take calls if people are going to call in or have comments or questions. And we'll keep resetting the room as we go along. Um, but um, the first, you know, Olivia and I were just talking sort of offline that the first TikTok that we, uh, TikTok show that we did was about going into the granular, like the memes and the trends on TikTok and, um, you know, different TikTok personalities. But we wanted to just, you know, step back and go up a few levels and talk about kind of TikTok as an application because it kind of has come on the scene, you know, replacing some things that were there before, uh, also displacing some things, I would say. And it's this very unique thing. And I say that because I've become addicted. So first of all, I just want to say hi, Olivia. Um, hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, um, of course. You know, I can, I can talk TikTok for literally hours and I'm also obsessed with it, which I <laughs> think just speaks to, you know, it, that sort of gets that, you know, what we want to dig into tonight of like, what exactly is it about TikTok that is so captivating, I guess, and addiction pro addiction prone so, or, or anything. Yeah. So let me ask you a couple of questions. First of all, I'm going to ask you, are you, what your generation is and what were you using? Like, tell me the like, tell me your progression of social media. We were just talking before yeah. we went live that you were a Vine person and then you moved to TikTok. And yeah. is it, are you just completely TikTok? So tell me a little bit about that. Totally. So I am technically Gen Z. So I was okay. born in 1997. Um, but so oh I'm right on the cusp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, showing, showing my age here. I'm a <laughs> um, but so I'm like right on the cusp between Gen Z and millennial. So I think, you know, if we want to get really specific, my my term is zillennial. Um, but I do, you know, I do sort of identify in the Gen Z category. And so you know, my experience growing up with social media, I remember um, I got a cell phone for the first time in fifth grade, I want to say. So I was like 10 years old and it was just a flip phone. But then sort of sixth or seventh grade is when I got an iPhone. And that sort of opened up, you know, Facebook, early Instagram. Um, those were really sort of my How old my were first... you when you got onto those apps for the first time? I think I was 12. 12 or 13. So okay. a little bit older, I think, than kids now are. Um, but definitely. But did you know about them when you were younger? Like you oh, got on yeah. them when you were, but you knew about them. You just yeah. weren't on them. Was it, it something aspirational? That's what yes. I wanted to ask. Yeah. So, yeah. so you were like, I can't wait till I can go on Instagram or yep. Snapchat or whatever. Okay. I remember like there was a whole, cause I, I, you know, personal story, but I, I switched schools. Um, I went from public school to private school in middle school. And I remember, you know, talking to my old school friends and feeling so left out because they were all on Facebook and they were like, did you see like this conversation that was happening in the comment section? Like they mentioned your name or, you know, like I remember feeling so left out of the loop and feeling like there is this whole world and this whole like social situation happening on Facebook. 
And literally the day I got my Facebook, I, I remember my parents were like, fine, like you can get it, but we have to have access to the passwords. Like, you oh know, my we, God. we gotta, we gotta be able to see everything. I remember I instantly got on Facebook and just, you know, friended everyone and commented on a bunch of people's pictures being like, I'm here guys, like I'm involved. Like, what are we talking about? Um, so it, it's interesting. It was very much this aspirational, like needing to feel connected and feeling just so left out of the loop by not having it. Okay. So then how did you jump to TikTok? How did you end up at TikTok? Yeah. So, so, you know, Facebook, Facebook really, Facebook and Instagram were really like the prime for high school through beginning of college too. Like that was, that, that was just the main, you know, everyone's posting pictures. Instagram became more sort of like the curated feed. Like that's where you were like, really put your edited photos it was about the aesthetic like you put the most effort into sort of curating your online identity for Instagram whereas Facebook turns more into you know group events or or clubs announcements if you're having like a party or something you'd make a Facebook event um, so like the really the effort went into um, Instagram more than Facebook and then it was freshman year uh, no, not for, excuse me, freshman year. It was senior year, January 2020. And I had just, you know, I'd heard of TikTok. I, I had some friends that had been like really active on Vine. I'd made a couple of Vines myself. I would, you know, laugh at it if I saw them on YouTube. And then I remember distinctly one night in so January. So what was Vine for you? Okay, so what was Vine for mm. you? Just quickly say, what was Vine for you? That, and why did you go on Vine? Vine for me, I never got super into Vine, but Vine for me was a sort of similar experience to wanting to join Facebook. Again, this idea of of feeling like I was missing something, you know, people would be like, oh, have you seen this Vine? Or, you know, laughing at a joke or, or using sort of like a one liner and me not knowing what the reference was. So I, I joined Vine, again, sort of that intention of okay, I need to know like what's happening, like what the jokes are, like what sort of this other space is that, that people are referencing. But Vine never really like took off for me or, you know, my cl close group of friends um, or really my school. Um, it wasn't or really for anybody it. because it doesn't yeah. exist anymore. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess. I mean, but it's interesting because now all the old Vine videos, it's like, it feels so nostalgic and and some of the Vines that end up on TikTok now are just hysterical. And well, I love some people made the, like, I think Brittany Lee met Tommy Lee, her husband through Vine. I mean, it's sort of crazy what, you know, Vine had this sort of outsized impact in some ways. Um, but you, so then Vine was something that you were sort of like lukewarm about, but it's very similar yeah. to TikTok. So why, why, what, what was it about TikTok? Like, why did you jump to TikTok? And what was it that got you so excited about TikTok? Yeah, I think honestly, for me, it just, it just, it came down to sort of the scrolling experience. And, and what I mean by that is just, you know, you're in sort of like the for you page of TikTok, or, you know, it's in the discover feed of Instagram. But just the content that shows up before you really start following anyone. Mm -hmm. tick, TikTok was able to hook me in quicker than Vine ever did. I remember Vine felt like not super it felt really niche in a way. And it felt like- Was it because it, you had to go find stuff on Vine? Like, how did it work? Because I literally yeah. never went on there. It was, I'm trying to remember. I'm like, it's like, it feels like it was so long ago. But it, is did, it, it a was scrolling a, thing that serves it, up stuff that it thinks yes. you're interested in? Or are you actually making an effort to tell it what you like? 
I can't honestly I can't really remember but I know that I wasn't I know I know right it's like what's the memory but I know that I wasn't someone that like went on vine and was like this creator this creator like I'm gonna follow them so I I have to imagine it was sort of more of that them this is what we think you'd like and so maybe it's just a testament to how you know scary good algorithms have become and and how TikTok or maybe that now there is a creator, such a thing as like the creator economy, which maybe was just getting up and going, right? You, the key was in the ignition, but it hadn't turned yet. And now yeah. it's kind of more of a thing that we can, you know, it's part of the lingua franca. People understand what you're talking about. Whereas back then it's like, what are you talking about? Creator economy. Totally. Um, like it's more okay. main, like TikTok is more mainstream, I think, than Vine ever was. Like Vine, the sense of, of humor and the, the comedy of it felt more it just felt more niche and less totally accessible to everyone tiktok just feels more mainstream and talks about more taps into more of like the mainstream of what everyone is is sort of seeing in that way at least that's my interpretation and sort of what my for you page looks like so you know that's really interesting so for me you know i clearly you know i grew up uh when there was no internet <laughs> commercial <laughs> internet I had an Apple IIe, which was a really big deal growing up. Like nobody had a computer and we had mm-hmm. floppy disks and we played like Microsoft Adventure and like nobody did that. We were like the weirdos on our block. Um, and um, really like social media. I mean, I was one of the first 100,000 people that signed up for Facebook uh, mm. when it was still a school thing because uh, it kind of, expl- you know, it didn't explode, but it kind of became a big thing. Now and then they'll be like, if you, you know, you can, you can tell by the number. And so I um, remember I signed up and I never used it. Um, And I didn't use it because it felt weird. Like, why would you put up anything about what you were doing on the internet, right? It's again, it's the very beginning. Um, Of course, MySpace was around um, and it was more um, very much like a voyeuristic thing. Like I could put up a MySpace page, but it seemed like too much work and it looked very sloppy. And so the Mm. Facebook kind of made it sort of neat and formatted and, it really, I, and then, you know, I became an investor and I was investing in these types of things. And it was really when I was living abroad where I had a friend say to me, you need to get on Facebook so we can communicate better. And I was like, why? I can like email you now. And, and he was like, no, no, no. You re-. So again, and I, you know, I invested in lots of different technology companies. And so um, I started to really use it when I was living in Asia. Um, and I would put up update and I was keeeping in touch with my friends all over the globe. I put up pictures um, and it became a way I was living, you know, a very interesting, rich life and traveling all over the world, doing interesting deals um, and having very interesting experiences. So it was a way of me kind of sharing this. But again, this was like all way back in 2006, 2007. For me, you know, it was really 2007, 2008. I want to guess when I really kind of started, you know, posting quite a bit on there. So it was interesting. Then I started to notice a lot of things I didn't like about it. um, And I started to kind of back away. And then, of course, there were all these other things that happened, right? Instagram, I liked because it was like, hmm, I don't. And I'm somebody that's very defiant. I don't follow all of my friends. In fact, uh, I already know who these people are. And it sounds Mm. bad, but it became in my circles a thing where you're always announcing something. And it started to feel very, uh, you know, not genuine. It was almost like, I'm going to one-up you. And you feel that, you know? And you also, there are people that I think are genuinely using it, but it just became like this 
is not interesting to me anymore. This just seems like a different way to brag and it's becoming more acceptable to do it this way. And Mm -hmm. so I would just follow creators that I liked on Instagram, people that were doing beautiful pictures. Uh, And then YouTube was something I never got into because everybody would send me YouTube videos. And I swear to God, I have not opened even one for like a decade. (laughs) From my mother to my friends would be like, you need to check this out or this meme. Never got into the meme culture, didn't care. Okay. So was into Instagram, tried Snapchat, which is like, because I, it was at the point that Snapchat got really complicated and I was like, this is really confusing. So I'm not doing this. Um, I like the idea of things disappearing and being able to communicate with people, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested. Again, remember from an investment standpoint, this is all really interesting stuff, but I was also looking at semiconductor plants and, Mm. you know, also, you know, uh, Mm. digital media and stuff. But I, I just sort of felt like, I wanted to um, kind of not be so out there. And then, of course, Twitter. And I got to say, I think this was 10 years ago. There was a little 13-year-old kid that came into a conference I was at and was like, Twitter and Facebook is for old people. Nobody uses those. <laughs> and I was like, really? I'm never using Twitter again. Thank you for letting me know. It is like, funny. Twitter yeah, she was just... like she was like, Twitter's for old people. And she's like, and so it's Facebook. And I'm like, really? That's what I thought too. Let's go out yeah. and have like an ice cream soda. So <laughs> I, you're like, I'm with you on this. I'm one. like, I'm with you. So, uh, and it was at a conference. She was like, nobody uses that anymore. Anyway, clearly Twitter is used for like more talking about quote unquote, more serious topics, you know, going yeah. back and forth and arguing and stuff. And it's devolved into like this horrible place. But anyway, uh, by the way, um, I think you can be on Twitter and I think you can be on every social media and kind of steer clear. Yeah. Uh, but you have to be very self-aware and I think very few people are. Uh, and you have yes. to know how to handle folks on all of these platforms if they're going to do something that is going to be sort of outside of what you deem appropriate for, you know, what you want. So anyway, all right. So um, I'm on Instagram because I like pretty pictures. I mm-hmm. like interesting pictures. I go to work for the government. I completely abandoned my Facebook account because I'm like, I just mm-hmm. can't be posting things up here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, other than, you know, every now and then like government stuff. Um, and interestingly, over COVID, the specter of TikTok started to loom larger, not because I was using it, but because it's a Chinese app. Wait a minute. People seem to be completely addicted to it in America. You're hearing about all of these people doing these TikTok. And every now and then, right, somebody would send me a TikTok or you would see a reference to it. And it would seem like mostly people pairing up to do dances. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like, okay, this is what's big. Like, what's the big deal? But I was scared to actually go on it. And, And then when you know that in China, they use it for educational purposes and they don't allow people to use it for recreational I even got more concerned and I was like, this is definitely not anything that I want to use. But COVID happened. I didn't use it sort of all of when COVID was at its height. I would say probably sometime last summer. Um, And I started to go through it and it was just, it was so easy. Um, And it was served up in a way that was so easy. Um, And then I started to learn that there were all these different kinds of TikToks. There were creators, Mm -hmm. there were people that make scrapbooks. There's ASMR, there's black TikTok, there's, you know, Korean TikTok, there's 
food TikTok and then different, and it just gets more and more granular. And I was, and I, I found myself more than once up at 3 a.m. at night, which as you know, is a meme that people put up. They're like <laughs> 6 a.m. call. And I thought clearly there's something here that's affecting all of us. Yeah. So I'm now a user, but I'm also looking at it from, you know, my investment brain and my also kind of like, what is this doing to our culture brain is thinking mm -hmm. about what it's doing. And I'm thinking it sucked so many of us in that we are, although, you know, at a, at a, at a macro scale, like, you know, the joke is everything that you put up on TikTok is for strangers on the internet. It's not yeah. for your friends to it's see. Not which, for friends. Yeah. It's what I love too. On the other hand, you're like, oh my God, what if, not that you're doing anything bad, but if you're doing like the funny memes, you know, or doing mm -hmm. the dances, it's like, you don't really want to be a managing director and have those dances come up or, although I think the world is in a place, you know, and changing where like, maybe that will be fine. Ten, that will be actually more yeah. acceptable. Right. Ten, like, well, I mean, yeah, I think it is like, look at any, like all like major companies that, you know, like do something like Duolingo, like it's part of marketing strategies now to have this sort of like off the cuff borderline inappropriate humor on TikTok because that's just the space of which it, where it should exist and it's like official people doing it. Well, see, I would say that Duolingo is a little bit different. I think it would be different from when you think of white chief professions like a law firm or an investment mm. bank or a private mm -hmm. equity firm, or if you're an academic, there are professors on there and they can get away with it, right? They're tenured professors. They're putting up yeah. content going, and that's funny. But I think that there are certain professions where it is still frowned upon, where if they find that you're doing TikTok videos and someone can find something, you know, and we live in a world where everybody's sensitive to everything. Um, it's very easy to say this person did something that offended me or they shouldn't be doing this. And it can be something innocuous. It doesn't matter. Um, I think those things can come into play and can really come back and bite somebody that's at a, uh, you know, a professional level. I'm laughing because there's actually a really funny, um, TikTok that's turned mm -hmm. into a meme. I think we talked about this where this lady is like, if you know me on a professional level and yes. you see me on TikTok, mind your business. And <laughs> I actually wanted to do that meme because it's so funny. She's right. She's like, it's nothing for you to see here. Just yep. keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. Um, well, but so I wonder from your perspective is what is it? Is it because I feel like people have to be careful what they put out anywhere on the internet. So what is it about? TikTok rather than Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Well, I think with all of it, you have to be careful. But with mm -hmm. TikTok, I think there's more room to go haywire because it's visual and there's no people can go after you for anything. You can mm -hmm. go like something or make a comment and they can go from that. You liked something that was, say, a, a video of a dog like chasing another dog and make it into something that you never even thought of if they want to and like use that to go after you, your career. It sounds, you know, we've gone to a place where I think the people that I think are the smartest, honestly, like at, from my perspective are not on any social media. They're not posting because they realize, Hey, this is something that can completely lift it up. Even Elon Musk, right? He is, you would think that he's protected because there's so much information out there about what he's doing. He had to answer back to somebody on Twitter, literally, like three days yeah. ago and go, hey, taking out of context, watch the entire interview. That's what I'm talking about, because people will take that and you cannot stop it. Right. It just it multiplies. It goes wildfire. And and then it's like, oh, well, oh, 
I guess they did. At that point, it's too late, right? And that's what I'm saying. People and 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 people know this, and they know that they can lift things, and they know that. So I think there's that danger, right? So there's that. That's I think that's a whole nother thing, and that I think that is true of everything from Facebook to Twitter to Instagram to look. I'll even take a step back. I've said this very very often, and I've had colleagues that disagree with me. I have said, if you think that there is such a thing as privacy and you want to be connected, those two things do not go in into the same box. Because if you want to be connected, if you want to be part of a connected society, and that doesn't even mean technology, right? You want to be connected to other people, you are discoverable, period. So the mm-hmm. whole sort of thing about privacy is just degree. Like, what's the degree of privacy? But that's a completely yeah. different conversation. And many, many people would say, well, that's not true. You know, I, I was working in government with folks that were building technology and AI and, and, and they're thinking about these issues. I'm like, yes, we need to think about them. We need to institute these uh, safeguards, but also understand everything that you create, it's a human being that created it and a human mm-hmm. being will hack it and figure out how to get by it. You know, that's one yeah. thing. Number two, you are discoverable. Every keystroke can, is probably recorded somewhere is discoverable. Even if you delete things, you clean your hard drive, you know, you just need to watch discovery ID. You don't even have to be that smart. You could just right. watch TV and figure out that. So, so there's that, that piece, right? Put that aside. It is super addictive. When I have realized, like I started this, I actually was counting. I started this eight months ago. I literally would check it you know, 35 times a day. And then you start to see the things that are going viral. And then it becomes kind of like what would be sort of interesting content to put out. And so it becomes extremely addictive and it's very easy to spend your entire day basically scrolling through stuff and trying to find other stuff, you know, that isn't on your for you page that you want to look at. I was just thinking this the other day. I'm like, I need to see more stuff about, you know, like reclaimed furniture and like designing, you know, (laughs) like I need to follow more people that are doing that because I'm not seeing enough of that. Um, yeah. And you just, you get down the rabbit hole, you look, click on the hashtags, you look at the comments and then you click on people who comment their profiles. All and the then comments. You look oh my up God. It's, it's just, you know, hours have gone by. One of my favorite comments is like almost tripped over myself running to the comments. You know, because... Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love that. I remember. I, and, and I think, I think that sort of self-aware, like that it's sort of self-awareness and it feels kind of like, meta in a way that TikTok is like very tuned into of like we're all very aware of each other's experience like seeing and and sensing and hearing this audio and this in this video and seeing the experience of being on the app it's a very collective like group activity even though we're all seeing it from our own individual phones and so you know maybe when we talk about why is it so popular and addicting it's like even the process of the activity of consuming content on TikTok is a shared experience. Oh, it's totally a community. You know, I'm in a situation right now where we're dealing with a service provider that was terrible and we're following up and not getting a response. I could put this on TikTok and that business would be closed by the end of the week. Like I can at the, the folks that I know are vigilantes on TikTok and beg people to like amplify it and it, it becomes this kind of community where you have each other's back, literally, but you see this stuff and you're like, wow, you know, there's all of this stuff going on. But let me 
you know, let me sort of switch gears a little bit here and say like, so we're having this collective experience. We're scrolling through for hours and hours and hours and hours. Okay. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, bite, bite dance, you know, the parent company of TikTok doesn't allow its own citizens in China to do that. Mm-hmm. It's only used as an educational platform. What does that say? And and the other thing, uh, the other thing, as you said, this meta reference, this thing that feeds on itself is now you have these TikTok stars, right? There mm-hmm. was a Wall Street Journal article on, we talked about um, Charlie uh, D'Amelio, is that her name? Yep. yep. Um, and I'm like, I don't get it. I'm like, I don't find her interesting. I don't find what she's doing. Um you know, absorb. I'm not like interested in watching her. The only thing I'm interested in is how is this woman making more money than the CEO of Ford? Some of these people now have legit careers. Some of them I Mm -hmm. get, some of them I don't. And that sort of self, it's like, oh, well, maybe if I get enough followers, I'll get sponsored. So it's now becoming a legitimate career path. And if if you take TikTok away from these people, what do they become? Right. But how many slots are there like that? Right. Mm -hmm. How Mm -hmm. many Charlie D'Amelio's are going, and so China doesn't allow its own citizens to use it the way that we're using it. We're using it in a way that, you know, is kind of a time sink, as we've all agreed, right? We've all had the experience yeah. of being up till three. So what does this mean? What is it about, you know, what does it mean for our culture at large? It's addictive. It's totally, I will like hang up from this show. I'm not joking. And probably go on TikTok for a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just no, to definitely. check what's going on. Like something like is going to be going like, on. Oh, I've got a free moment. Like, let me go open and scroll TikTok. And I I don't know. I think it's, you know, you ask sort of like what it says about us as a culture. Like, I think we like, you know, looking at like talking about American culture and then the United States, like there has always been just a need to be entertained. You know, you talk about like the rise of Hollywood and the studio system. Like we want to go back in history. We have always had this fascination of, you know, sort of putting people on a pedestal and that entertain us in some ways. Like there's there's plenty of historical context for that. And I just think, you know, from a cultural perspective, in some ways it feels like TikTok is just the natural evolution and the natural like product of that. That it's 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 easy, it's in your palm, it's quick, it's addicting, it's peeks into people's lives but people that are there to show us something and perform for us in some ways it feels like that appetite to consume entertainment and to consume other people putting stuff out for us that Mm -hmm. feels like a very american value and and obsession almost and it's also the authenticity piece is another one of those hooks right like if you go to Billie eilish there's literally a page where she's screaming and crying and there's another page where she you know is saying stuff that is just so off the wall. And she's not the only one. There are people mm-hmm. that are crying. They're talking about, I mean, serious trauma very, very openly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Crying, screaming. So there's that yeah. authenticity piece where we see people acting out. Um, you see people, you know, willing to go without makeup and showing themselves raw and real and how they transform into something amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but here's the thing. We're doing all of that. We're entertaining ourselves. Um, these parent companies are getting way more data about us yeah. than if we just made a call. Because you're now, mm-hmm. not only do they know how much time you're spending, what you purchased, what you looked at, you're just telling them about your life. 
this is all of this stuff from a national security perspective. Let's take a look at this and let's think about like, maybe we should like put a check on these guys because they're not allowing mm -hmm. it in their country. What does that say? And when you think about it, it's actually quite alarming. We're putting everything out there. We're spending loads of time on these apps instead of like perhaps playing the violin or getting better yes. at physics or, mm -hmm. you know, doing that college prep class. And meanwhile, those are exactly the things that the people that have created this app are making sure that their population are focused on, right? You know, I see what's happening at a macro level. This is something that we need to worry about. And because I think most people are incapable of sort of controlling themselves with this kind of stuff, because it is, it's like, it's like drinking, you know, like, um, what is like an addictive food to eat? Um, oh, like, um, um, like Doritos, potato chips, oh yeah, Doritos, <laughs> potato chips, or even cigarettes, right? Before they knew that they were so bad for you or even drugs, like all of that stuff is addictive physically. And so is this right? Yeah. We keep going back. We keep wanting to see the people that, and then we want to participate. And that is a more of a time sink. You know, like, now I got to edit this video. Okay. Let me go buy some stuff to make this video look more professional because yeah. I want to be the next TikTok star. It, it keeps, it's like you keep going to the next level and the next level and the next level. And meanwhile, you know, you've got actually a job to do. You've got a wedding to plan for. You've got mm -hmm. like other stuff going on in your life that you have so we're getting pulled into these virtual spaces, which there's only a room for a handful of Charlie D'Amelio's, right? Yeah. What well, does I it think, get you at the end I, of the day? Yeah. I think something interesting sort of going back to, you know, what you're wondering about, you know, national security implications and, and privacy and whatnot, it, it sort of brings to mind... And, you know, I'd be interested to hear your perspective on it since we are sort of from different generations, but sort of like the generational approach and understanding and expectation for privacy. And my experience is very different between sort of like Gen Z, like my generation and older generations. And like maybe it's because I did and Gen Z, we have grown up in this time of social media and in this time of, you know, cameras everywhere and facial recognition. but if you talk to me, my friends, or I've had this conversation with a lot of my friends and, and sort of younger people as well, I think we have less of an expectation of the right to privacy than perhaps previous <laughs> generations did. It's like, I kind of just assume that the government knows everything about me. You know, there's always these jokes about the FBI agent that's like hacked into your computer and knows everything that you're Googling or you know, you walk down the street and somewhere someone has a picture of you and knows everything. Like, we joke about it. And like, I don't know if you've seen those jokes about like the FBI agent in your computer. But we sort of, it's not as big of a concern in some ways to some extent for, for a younger generation because it's like, I think we're just so used to being under a microscope and having people know so much about us, whether that's the government, whether that's you know, other people because they follow our social media accounts. Like it's just, and, and, and it's like when I joined TikTok, obviously it was the rhetoric of like, when did you join oh, TikTok like, by the way? I joined it January, 2020. Um, so it was oh, wow. my senior year of college. And wow. so, and yeah, so it was, it was early. It was right. It was before COVID. Um, and I remember, you know, someone, one of my friends from college was like, oh, like China's going to steal all of your data. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, <laughs> they probably already know. 
Like they probably already know everything about me, you know? And like, and if they Who's don't like, friend, then why are they not on this show? I'd like to know. <laughs> He's working right now, but I've got to, I've got to get him to, to, to call in and, and, and comment on it. Cause he was, he was one of the first people to be like, and I don't think he's on TikTok now, even I think he, I think yeah, he he's smart. Off of he's it. smart. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, I was kind of like, well, the, the damage has probably already been done. Like, they probably know everything anyway. As, and I and whether or not that's accurate, I think that's a sentiment that a lot of people in my age group share. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. Um, I think, you know, just it's probably it's beyond like them knowing everything. And it's more like, is this sort of a Trojan horse that's been designed to keep us occupied take this and and keeping us in kind of a stupor and a state and fighting about politics i mean in this country we are sitting here and fighting about social science issues we are obsessed with social media everything is about you know how long are your nails instagram kardashian it and then i watch the trends at the national science foundation uh, about American innovation. We're falling behind in multiple areas. You know, uh, you know, there are five big ones that the government across administrations has targeted AI, quantum computing, bio. And, and I'm like, you know, China is either ahead of us or gaining uh, in, in certain areas. And they're sending their folks here to get educated and then taking them back. And, you know, there are all sorts of things that are happening. And it's like, uh, you know, it's funny because I, in preparation for this, I was kind of thinking about my my conclusion about TikTok. I don't think it should be taken away, but I don't think that we're a society that's has a lot of self control. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the key to TikTok and anything like this is we must use TikTok, not let TikTok use us, and be very yeah. right. It doesn't mean that you can't spend time because I actually think it's a really great thing. Um, and I am going to be probably in the minority of many of the folks that I know when I say, I think it's a great thing. Like I said, it makes me laugh. So I can also be creative. Wow. If I can really bring, and I see other ideas that I'm excited about. I've gotten good information. Um, I see that others are suffering certain things. So I don't feel so alone. It's done a lot of different good things, but I've also realized that I could sit there for five days and just not get off my phone you know, Mm -hmm. um, and just watch, you know, and then I realize that there are all sorts of TikToks that I don't know about in areas of TikTok that I have, you know, no clue about. I need to find out about them and what are some other obsession. Like, so it's opening up all these recreational things for me. I have learned, but I really think the key is, you know, I mean, this is the, really the conclusion that we have to figure out how we use TikTok and harness it for, uh, you know, as a force for good versus, letting it use you, which I think is mm-hmm. can happen so easily as is evidenced by staying up, you know, laughing at four in the morning when you really need to be in bed, you know, because you need to yeah. get up at six. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I totally agree. Like it's, it's, you know, what is what the doctor always says, like anything in moderation, you know, like it's about not letting it sort of take over and, and sort of the way that I think about it too is, you know, and, and, you know, maybe this is going back to sort of just my perspective, like I was just less concerned with sort of like the national security aspect of it. But it's like, rather than, you know, seeing TikTok as this thing to be afraid of, or or like increasing international tensions, and, and like China's the enemy, like, 
what is it what do we how do we internally fix how we approach like as a nation if there is like a cultural concern about tiktok what do we do as a nation and what are the actual problems underneath it that like contribute to the misusage of tiktok you know whether that's like like the healthcare system and and mental health support and access to resources whether that's just you know fixing education and and you know how we're like shaping the young minds and the youth of america like what are sort of these larger issues that are larger cultural factors that play into how we consume media and how we let media like dictate our lives how can we work internally to fix those problems so that we can use TikTok responsibly and we can just have the benefits of, you know, different social media platforms? Because like you said, there are benefits. Like it is a platform for discovery and community and, and learning and all that jazz. But there's, you know, what needs to be fixed behind it so that it stays for the most part, a positive thing. I mean, there are um, there are professors that are teaching math and marketing. There's some that are making funny little meme type of things. And so I was following somebody that's doing, um, you know, they were teaching you how to draw noses, which I've never been really good at. And so, and somebody that mixes colors to match actually the real color of something. It sounds so dumb and niche, but I love it because they literally like hold up a mango and then he mixes the color so that it's exactly mm-hmm. the color of the mango. Um, and I learned sorts, like I mentioned to you, cryptocurrency, you know, there's philosophy classes. Um, there's a lot about Ayurveda and natural medicine, cooking. There's a bunch of fashion yeah. people that I follow. So it's very interesting. But I will also spend, I mean, listen, I used to, I laugh at people. I grew up with a cat, so I can trash people that have cats. So um, I, you know, cat videos all right i used to always laugh when people were like my friends would send me videos youtube and i'm like i'm not opening them they're like did you look at my they don't care what it is i don't open youtube videos i hate youtube i hate going to another site and open well now every stupid video that i i literally am sending tiktok videos to friends of mine of cats cats and dog my mother mm. was like i do not care what this parrot is doing i'm like look at this parrot i'm like this parrot like knows he knows that he is not going to get that treatment. I get but it. it's like, if she started watching TikTok, maybe she- I got maybe, pulled into like, it. That's what it does. Yeah. You get pulled I got into pulled it. I mean, I'm not the right person because I'm obsessed with cats and I'm a huge oh. cat person. So well, now I that, am. I'm, I mean, I'm predisposed. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a cat person. I just never got into cat videos. Like, I, I'm not like, I just didn't care like before TikTok. Now, mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, I'm clearly that's what I'm my point is that it sucked me into a place where I was not interested in before and yeah. again it's the format and now I'm just like you know this cat slapping have you seen though I'll send it to you there's a, there's a cat <laughs> <laughs> there's a cat that slaps a dog this dog is like messing with it and he slaps it the dog goes crazy like he just runs away and there's like a voiceover <laughs> it's so funny I'm so embarrassed about it. I sent it to people like I sent it to like three friends of mine even thinking about, I'm like, I'm sorry, you need to watch it. Probably like before COVID, I am not sending this to anybody. Now I'm like, oh my God, you need to watch it. I never, got, I never had COVID, but I certainly did, you know, adhere to lockdown, uh, you know, uh, recommendations very strictly. So I guess my point is, is that even somebody like me who is aware, um, is concerned about what this is doing to folks in this country also sees the good side of it. You know, I see every side of it, you know, it's really easy Mm -hmm. for me to spend a load of time because it is. So, um, 
And I'm just wondering, like, when will it peter out? Yeah. Like, like Vine, what's the next thing that's coming down the pike? Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's the question, isn't it? You know, it's like, I, I wish we could sort of zoom out and, you know, what, 10, 20 years from now, are we going to be talking about TikTok the same way that, you know, people talk about MySpace or, or to some extent people talk about Facebook? Like, it, what's when is it not going to be sort of like the relevance and the like social media site that's just taking off and how how is it going to fit into the context because I do I think you're right like I think COVID and the lockdown has played a huge role in why TikTok has become so popular like I, I do you think you would have been into it before COVID at, at the level you are now no no not at all. I mean, because it's and it's it's I've, I've got an interesting perspective on it because I had it before COVID, you know, before lockdown. Did, like yeah. I, I joined in January 2020. And so and I watched and I've experienced my like addiction with TikTok before versus during versus quote unquote after COVID or after. So it's that you had more time and you didn't like, you know, all the time that you save like going walking to work you could use on TikTok or But it's it's not even the it's not even the time. It's it was sort of like obviously I had more time because we were sitting at home doing nothing. But it was it was the connectivity of it. It was watching everybody else react to these crazy situations that we were in. And see, hearing their experiences and seeing their experiences and seeing what they were doing in lockdown. And it was it was a collective experience, it, it, it drew, even though yeah, you were it alone. It drew me in more than any other social media. Were you alone did. during COVID? No, I was with my family. So you were with your family. So it wasn't like you were completely isolated or anything, no. but it was still something. You know, I, I told you I got interested. Can you hear me? Yep, I can. Okay. Because I'm getting a little note that the internet connection is wonky. Um, but um, I remember I started to get into some social media, but like audio applications. You know, as an investor, I was interested. As somebody that was using it, I was interested. And my partner, my boyfriend at the time, who's European and not at all in technology. Um, I mean, I was like, you've got to get on this. And I remember he went on a few times and he was like, it's very addictive. Mm-hmm. And he said, but he also was not pulled enough. He would just be like, I don't want to hear about this anymore. This is very dangerous for our careers. Like you cannot be on here in these rooms because again, like I said, you could be in a room that was like, is COVID real? Okay. It could be run Mm -hmm. by doctors who know that COVID is real. But the fact that you're in that room, I've had that experience, somebody screenshotting you and then putting it out on Twitter and going, here's this, you know, kind of whatever well-known person that's in the government and uh, that's working on COVID issues who clearly doesn't believe COVID is real. And you're like, what? That's not what that room was about. You know, yeah. It doesn't matter. By that time, it's too late because it's replicated itself at a speed that you cannot control. And again, the, the example is I just bring up Elon Musk, who literally like yesterday had to say to somebody, could you please watch the whole video? Because someone was like, Elon Musk says, you know, and he goes, watch the whole video of what I said, because there was a before and an after to that middle mm-hmm. that you posted with your, mm-hmm. you know, commentary. But I became very, very like addicted to sort of the audio thing, you know, and that led into TikTok because again, I'm on this platform where it's like, 
you're able to see all this content. And also it's one dimension. You know, you don't have to do comments or look at anybody else's TikTok. You can just put something out there and it's like you have a platform. You know, these mm-hmm. are all positive things, you know, provided you're not using it to like foment, you know, revolution or I mean, well, maybe... I'm talking about in the wrong ways, you know. Yeah, the um, wrong, a wrong kind of revolution. the wrong kind of revolution, not the right kind of revolution. So, you know, so I think it is a very useful tool, but I do think kind of in, you know, the to me that the summary really is that this is something that we need to learn to harness and use mm-hmm. versus it using us. And I'm afraid my fear is that right now it uses us way more than we use it. Yeah. Um, I think there are little bubbles of people that are getting above that in that the sense that, you know, they're able to create brands and create, and I think that actually adds to the problem because then we look at them and go, well, I can do that too, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But also like, uh, there's not going to be like, you know, a hundred million Charlie D'Amelio's. It just, it can't happen just statistically. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think it encourages people to be creative and interesting and explore their creativity. But it's just, you know, I think we need to figure out how is it that we harness this amazing thing um, and make it work for us, you know, and if it indeed is a Trojan horse that, you know, the Chinese have kind of built and kind of unleashed on the world, what, how do we sort of make it, how do we make it work, make this and other technologies work for us, you know, versus um, kind of becoming slaves to it. Yeah, it's just, it's intentionality and it's being aware and it's like having conversations like these to make sure that, you know, we're just being active participants in it rather than sort of passive letting social media control your lives in any way. And And let me ask Olivia, do your friends... Do all of your friends work to use TikTok or are they in social media or do you have some that aren't and some that are? And what is the breakup? What do they do in terms of jobs if they're people that don't use it at yeah. all? Or- um, I like I definitely have some friends that aren't on TikTok and like very purposefully don't have TikTok downloaded because they just know it'll be a time suck. Um, and I, I would say, honestly, I would say it's a pretty 50-50 split of my friends that are on TikTok versus not on TikTok, but it's the majority of my friends that are not on TikTok are not on TikTok because not because they're not interested, but because they just know it'll be too distracting and too, you know, they don't. Can I ask like, what do they do for a living? Yeah. I mean, one of them is in like, one of them works in consulting. One of them works for, (laughs) I got a big firm. Yeah. One of them works for energy sustainability. Another one is an engineer um the other one's a paralegal like so they they sort of run the gamut in terms of what they do for a living yeah um and so they're kind of like in more kind of professional like sort of white shoe types of roles versus like I think if you're in social media or like dueling or it's probably or something more creative or artistic it's a little bit or you know you have enough money that you don't have to you don't have to be beholden to anyone I think it's a little bit more like that like the well I think I think if you're in sort of like a social media role or a more artistic role like it's just our marketing it's just part of market research you know like you can't you can't well, really was... you can't not be on it this I mean it is though you can't you can't not know what's ha- like you know like you, you you can't walk into a room where you know if you're talking about marketing trends or pop culture or you know something about like the zeitgeist and the landscape like 
you can't not know what's happening. Like you can, like, I feel like you've got to have at least an account and you've got to at least scroll through and see what's happening. So can I ask you a sensitive question? Um, How much time do you think that you spend <laughs> oh god <laughs> on oh, tiktok god. i'm gonna even i'll i'll make it a little less painful a week it's not gonna be a day i'll say over a week a seven day oh. week yes how much time do you think you spend on tiktok oh really exposing myself out here i know oh, honestly it's easier for me to to answer in a day and i'm like quite horrified to say this out loud and have this in perpetuity on the call in and Spotify. I know. But I I think on on average I probably spend like around an hour or more a day on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. So an hour or more a day. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, and that's combined, you know, like I wake up, I look at TikTok for a little bit before I Oh, go you do? Oh, wow. Okay. TikTok. Like it's, it's, a, there are some days where I'm really good and I'm like, no, today is not a TikTok day. And you know, if I'm busy or, you know, you know, got a lot of other stuff going on, but like a normal, a normal day it would probably be around an hour. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So you get up in the morning. I, I don't do that anymore. I did initially when I got my account and I was fascinated. Now I, I don't. Yeah. It's for sure not a good way to start your day. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not proud of the fact that I do it. And I, on days when I'm like, no, I'm going to self-care and be healthy. I don't do it. But it is, it has sort of become an impulse of like roll over and check TikTok. Yeah, you're actually not supposed to look at anything like with a screen for like at least the first hour and a half. So yeah, I'm that, I mean, like... I've read that. That's that's one of those, that's like part of the, you know, we talked about this, our, our first part of our TikTok conversation of like being that girl and like working out all the time and eating health. Like that's part of the health, like fitness, but like I know it's healthy for me, but like it'll be baby steps for me to get to that point. Yeah. And also at night too, I just do have to say, I know everyone like in bed scrolling, but yeah, um, of course I'm not doing, you know, I will decide not to look at TikTok, but then I will actually uh, pull up like 48 hours murder mystery and fall asleep to that. So that's not very healthy either. <laughs> very restful. Yeah. yeah I mean, my thing terrible. too with the, with the phone screen is like, you know, I, if I'm not like with my boyfriend or, or, you know, I, I will be texting saying goodnight, you know? So, so that's, that's sort of hard for me to put down my phone at that point um, of because I, I would like to, you know, be the person that keeps the phone out of the bedroom and, and, you know, doesn't have it for the hour before. But like I said, it's, it's baby steps. Yeah. And that will probably, I think, become a habit as you get older, because I do know like that was, uh, you know, definitely something that we just switch off your phone. I actually think it's important to have those devices close by. I'm an emergency person, so mm-hmm. I don't switch off my phone. Um, you know, my partner at the time would switch off his phone. No, you need to leave that it That stresses off. me out. Yeah. You know, like, and what, he what was like, but I'm in Germany. I'm like, I don't care. And he's like, but nothing's going to happen. And he was a big natural guy. Like he just didn't want the waves near his head and stuff. And so I was like, I don't care. It's so important. You've got to keep these things on. Um, and I've, you know, I've also had situations with my family where somebody has been in trouble or passed away or whatever. And it's not, you know, it's not the news that you want to get in the middle of the night, but that's exactly why you need to keep it on. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, if you have parents, children, friends, family, and just, you know, just because. So I will not switch it off, but I do have like a sleep thing, which yeah, the screen and all of that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. I've started using that as well. Yeah, yeah. no, so I, I, I think right. I really I, I don't take it to bed with me. I leave it in its sand. Like I finish and then I, you know. I take my iPad to bed with me <laughs> to watch my my crime. Um, so... You take your different screen. <laughs> right, I take a different screen to bed with me. Um, so, well, you know, this has been such a fascinating conversation. I know that you and I can continue to talk about this forever. We had mm-hmm. a bunch of people. Somebody uh, sent a, a note saying that they really wanted to speak up but had to leave. Um, but I think this is probably something that we could continue to chat about. And I think, you know, I I kind of gave away the punchline sort of midway. My, in thinking about this from a macro level, I think it can be a force for good. Um, I think it might even be something that, you know, the U.S. can replicate if it's, you know, national security concerns are an issue, like something like it that would have the reach and the same kind of kick. I mean, of course, it's not going to be easy, but this is a country which is kind of an innovation leader. So it's not something that is out of the realm of possibility. But I I also think that, you know, this is an app and a technology that is very seductive and Mm -hmm. can be something that can be destructive as a result of that. I think the real key to using this is that we really need to understand how to use TikTok versus letting it use us. And I think in some ways that's just also kind of forcing um, a little bit of a growing up function. There's an addiction. I think there's an addictive function that we we just have to acknowledge that Mm -hmm. is out of our control. But also there's a little bit of like, okay, this is in some ways a toy, a game, you know, I'm not going to become a TikTok star, (laughs) right? Like, so there's no point in putting in like eight hours, you know, a day into like making content that nobody's looking at. Um, but, um, also, you know, be able to realize like, Hey, it's great to get recipes off of that. I need to have a laugh. I want to, you know, so I think it's, it's just a balance and understanding that we need to harness sort of the power of this technology versus letting it use us. Totally. Yeah, completely. So that, that intentionality and that awareness couldn't agree more. This is great. So the generations agree. See? <laughs> We can all get along. We, um, we all can come. We can come together over TikTok. Okay, so this was so awesome. I know could continue to speak for like another hour, Olivia, but mm-hmm. it is a little past nine, and we want to. I've got a feeling that the the next week, I think we're doing Taylor Swift yep. is going to go over. Well, I'm going to publish the schedule a little bit earlier so people know that it's on uh, tap uh, and can start to schedule this. Um, to join us. Uh, we, we're going to talk all things Taylor Swift. Um, I do have a lot of questions. I know you're a Swifty. Oh yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm an intense Swifty and okay, so this is love her more than anything. So okay. just, if you're looking for an unbiased conversation, not going to be that unbiased from my end. <laughs> no, I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring the other side because I have to say that I have become a fan of hers, but there was a absolute process. And I think you'll be surprised what the process is, but I've also kind of been observing what her trajectory has been and all sorts of, you know, think you, so <laughs> I have come well, to admire some things that she's done. Uh, and, 
have actually made a real uh, change in how I view her. I did not start out a fan. All right. Well, we will, we will, we will have to dig into this next week. I'm, so I, get ready. <laughs> I'll get, I'll prepare myself. Just prepare yourself right. for my, <laughs> the, the ardor of my love. <laughs> yes. Yes. And um, so we will look forward to welcoming everybody next week. Uh, our topic is going to be Taylor Swift at 8 p.m. Wednesday, Eastern Standard Time. So thank you so much, Olivia. This was a great conversation and I will see you next week. Thanks everybody for joining. Have a good night. Bye-bye.